Have you always wanted to have a program on the radio? If you can talk on the phone, you can have your very own program on Holy Ghost Radio 2. You can produce your program or we can help you produce it. For more information, tap on the ad panel on our app or contact us through our website, www.holyghostradio.com. The following program is brought to you by an independent producer. The opinions expressed on the program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, or ownership of Holy Ghost Radio. Well, good evening, everyone. This is the Tell Like It Is radio broadcast here tonight without Pastor Simons tonight. He is down in, uh, he's out of town. He's doing a couple's retreat, I guess, and he'll be back sometime this week. I guess he'll be back Wednesday night in our church preaching. But tonight he is out, and we have a special guest, uh, Brother Alvin Hosteller. I'll let him say hi real quick. And then... Oh, everyone out there. And Brother Alvin tonight on the program on the Tell Like It Is show tonight We'll be giving his his testimony of where God brought him from. He was raised in the Amish, um, and, and God has just brought him a long, long way. And we'll be going through like his history, how you know how he came and found God, what all God has done in his life, and it's really, really an incredible story. It really is. And before we do that tonight, we'll give out some information here. If you want to get involved with the with the radio show, the Tell Like It Is show tonight, you can call us uh, in studio number. Our in studio number seven zero one two two uh five five one three three you can call us there with any questions or comments or maybe if you want to ask brother alvin a, a question tonight uh give us a call there seven oh one two two five five one three three or you if you i'm not giving out my number um and i don't think brother alvin wants to get out his number either but if you do know us you can text us let us know you're listening we sure appreciate that and again we're from the new life for those local listeners, we're from the New Life Pentecostal Church right here in Dickinson. And this is the Tell Like It Is radio show on every Sunday night from 8.06 to 9.06 Mountain Time. But we'll go ahead and introduce our, our guest tonight, Brother Alvin. All right. Well, thank you, Brother Seth, for having me here. And thank you, Pastor Simons. I know he's uh, down in Indiana, and he said he's listening in. So I'll just say hello to my pastor out there. And I just want to say how much I appreciate him. And uh, so thankful for all the help that they've given me and my family and uh, all the brothers and sisters in the church here in Dickinson, North Dakota. And uh, just so thankful for the opportunity to share my story here tonight with everyone on the radio. And it is, it is a great story. And we'll jump into it right here. And first, um, Brother Alvin, what I want to ask tonight um, is, you, so you came out of an Amish community a community of amish background you were raised amish your your lineage is amish uh, everybody you know as far back as you know was amish could you explain what is before we get into it what is amish what is the way of life it is a religion what exactly is amish absolutely um the amish lifestyle is it it's that it's a lifestyle and it's a religion it's uh it's a religion that is wrapped around their lifestyle and so okay. it's it's both it's it's a lifestyle and it's a religion so what are, what are the Amish like what does a typical Amish you know family maybe look like uh, things like that you know 
horse and buggy, all that. I mean, that's what the typical American would think of, right, of an Amish. You know? Sure, yeah, absolutely. It's uh, You're going to have your horses and buggies and uh, no electricity in the homes, um, especially where I grew up. There was no um, no gas um, appliances whatsoever, although I know there are some communities that do allow that. Uh, where, where I grew up, there was there was no appliances whatsoever allowed, and so we uh, we had our little ice box that we used to keep our food cold in the summer. Um, and uh, yeah, you've got your horses and your buggies. You've got your kerosene lamps. You've got um, no uh, no modern conveniences whatsoever. Okay, okay. And what was what are the Amish like spiritually? What is their doctrine, maybe or theology? Well, that's a difficult question. Um, none of them truly understand um, or can truly say, point to a specific thing. Um, they say that they believe in Jesus, they believe in um, heaven and hell, and um, they believe that uh, you need to live a righteous life. And I believe they try to do that through their lifestyle. That's one of the reasons that they do that. Um, other than that, I cannot give you any specifics. They never really teach on any specifics. They believe in um, baptism or a form of baptism. I don't believe it's the correct way of baptism, but they do believe in that. Um, they do not believe in the Holy Ghost, although it is mentioned in scriptures many times. I think we all know and understand that it is a... Um, big part of scripture and it's a big part of our salvation um, but it is not something that they teach in the Amish church and uh, so yeah there's nothing really that I can specifically point to other than that that, that they would teach as doctrinal okay okay that's, that's good uh, where like what would an Amish uh, just were for those who are listening tonight we're uh, Pentecostal and Pentecostals are kind of known for being a little more uh, loud and uh, and exuberant in praise. Maybe what would an Amish, uh, uh, excuse me, an Amish church service look like? Very reserved. Um, it is very quiet. Everything is done in a very orderly fashion. Um, you start out your morning with uh, the women come in. They sit down. And by the way, the Amish hold their church services in their homes. If you've ever been in Amish country, you will see many of the Amish homes are rather large. Um, though they may be plain, they are large. And they hold their church services every two weeks in those homes. And they, um, they start out with the women sitting down. They sit in the kitchen. Uh, then the men will come in, and they'll sit down in the living rooms. And everything is done in order by, by age. And then the young ladies will come in. They'll sit down. Everything is done by age. And then, last of all, all the young men will come walking into the house, and that's the same thing done by age. And so they start out with that very orderly, and uh, then the minister, the deacon, will stand up. He'll uh, pass out all the songbooks, and they'll begin to sing songs that are um, they're, they're old, they're very old songs. They're very uh, no one would be able to understand them uh, other than an Amish man that can really understand the German language. 
and uh, and then the ministers go outside. I don't know what all they do, but they I, I suppose they plan their uh, their uh, preaching for the day, and uh, while everyone's singing their songs, and then they'll come in, they'll sing a song, or they'll they'll sing a song, they'll start preaching, and there again, everything is done in a very quiet, orderly fashion. So the whole thing, everything about it is you're very quiet, you're very. Um, Everything is done with the purpose of being orderly. Okay, okay. So there is no, there's no clapping of hands, no shouting. Absolutely no, not. All right. Nothing like that. All right, got gotcha. you. Do, go ahead. You don't want to be making a sound. Okay, all right. You don't want to be the one that's stared at for, for uh, sneezing or coughing. Oh wow. Okay. And then um, the Amish church um, services there in German and Pennsylvania Dutch is the Amish language, right? Or it, it, in the community that we grew up in, yes, it was everything was done. Uh, all the preaching was done in the High German. In the uh, the reading of the Word was done in High German. And uh, where we were at in our community, there was not many people that could understand, truly grasp the um, the German language. It was not something that we were um, taught to keep. I mean, although we were taught, I think once once a week we were taught to uh, taught in school to to study on the German language, but it wasn't enough to where we could understand what they were preaching about in the Amish church service. All right, we're gonna we're gonna go to a break here. If you're listening, we're interviewing Brother Alvin Hostetler uh, tonight. Uh, he's a, an apostolic now. God has brought him out of a, a life from being Amish. To, uh, to where I believe really God wanted him. And uh, if you're just hanging with us tonight, we're going to play a song here. And we're just, this first part here is just building a bass, just kind of letting you know what Brother Alvin came from. So just hang with us tonight. With 
This is the Tell Like It Is radio broadcast here tonight with special guest, Brother Alvin Hostetler. Uh, he's formerly from an Amish background, but we're going to just get in the rest of his testimony, what all God has done for him. Brother Alvin, if you'd like to greet everybody out there, if you want to say hi to anybody. All righty, absolutely. I want to say hi to my uh, family back in Pennsylvania, the ones that are listening in, Jake and Anna, Jake and Lydia. I want to say hi to you guys and say hi to all my friends back in Michigan, Carl and Jeannie. Brent and Cindy, say hi to all you guys out there, and uh, once again, one thanks to Pastor Simons for having me on, and uh, I'm honored and uh, so thankful to have a good man of God in my life. Amen, amen. I'd also like to, uh, real quick before we go back into it, say hello to the, the Hussies and Pastor Simons listening, and we can give out Pastor Simons' number if anybody wants to get a hold of him. If you have any questions or comments for Pastor Simons, his phone number you can text him, 701-290-7862. Again, Pastor Simon, 701-290-7862. We'll be taking text messages. Uh, hello to all the people listening in Valley City. Uh, Bethany Dickey out in Belfield, hello to them. And the people in Harvey, hello to you guys as well. But All right, Brother Alvin, let's get back into it. So were you, where were you born and raised um, and grew and where were you growing up years? Sure, absolutely. I uh, grew up in Pennsylvania in a small, well, not a really small community, but a, an Amish community in uh, about 60 miles north of Pittsburgh. For all of those not from Pennsylvania, you can look at the map and see where Pittsburgh is at. It's about 60 miles north of that. And uh, the little community was called New Wilmington. And a very small town, completely surrounded by Amish people. And, uh, yeah, it was a very, it was a very beautiful life, very peaceful life growing up in that small community. There was, uh, no alcohol licenses in the small town that we were, uh, raised in just outside of that small town. So it was, it was a very quiet and very peaceful life growing up in a, uh, growing up in that small Amish community. Gotcha. And then, okay, so now, you know, we, we're going to build a story from, from where you were then to now. Did you ever, was there any connection with God during all this or, or the things of God? Or what was your, like, first, you know, if you could describe, what was, like, your first experience of God or with God? My first experience with God was when I was about five years old, and uh, I, was, I was sitting on top of my 
cousin's doghouse. They had a large doghouse, and me and him were sitting on top of the doghouse and uh, just started talking about the, the little that we did know about God and the things that we had heard. We started talking about it, and, and we just... The, the, the more we got into it, the more we were blown away uh, by the idea that there was a heaven and we could we could go to that heaven. We could we could spend eternity um, flying with the angels, we thought. And there was just a lot of things that we didn't know. But the little that we did know, we our little minds, our five year old minds could really uh, fly with the little that we didn't know. And so that I believe that was my first experience uh, with God. And uh, when I was 10, I was sitting in an Amish uh, church setting. I was sitting there, and I was just, I was just starting to think about the things of God, and all of a sudden it hit me, and I realized I was going to hell, and there was nothing that I could do about it, and I was petrified. It, I was just, I was so scared that I, I couldn't move, and it was like a, there was this hole that was swallowing me up, and I was just so scared. I wanted to cry out and scream out for help. But I was sitting in an Amish in an Amish church where you you don't you don't cry out you don't you don't make a noise and so I just silently began to beg God if there's any way possible for me to not go to hell I want to be able to to go to heaven I want to be able to serve you if that's possible and so I, that was uh, definitely the the two turning points that I believe that God was using to to reach out to me. Um, wow. to serve for him, to, to to live for him, and to serve him. Right. Wow. And then, okay, so that was that was your early childhood there, and then, and then, your, what was what was your like your teenage years? Uh, your growing, you know, the the growing up years. Were you trying to get close to God? Was God on a back burner? Were you just trying to live a good Amish life, or what was your your teenage years like? If you could describe those. <laughs> After after that, my experience in in that church setting when I was about ten years old, I I really wanted to get close to God. I really wanted to serve Him, and uh, somehow I got my hands on a on a teenage Bible, a teenager's Bible, had some pictures in it, and which I really liked. And uh, boy, I, I read that book Sunday after Sunday. I just I'd lay down on my bed and I'd read that thing from cover to cover, just and I then I'd uh, take a nap and I'd be dreaming about the things that that I read in the Bible and I was just I loved it. I, I loved reading my Bible and and uh, just getting to know the things about God that the things that were written in the Bible and uh, that went on until I was about probably about fifteen. When I was fourteen, I started using tobacco regularly and when I was fifteen, I started using alcohol and uh, it was just a downhill slope from there i just I, I got i started drinking alcohol and it was just a a downhill slope to where i once had a, maybe a walk with god uh, a relationship with god now i had nothing i was uh, i was a miserable 15 year old 16 year old boy that had uh, i had no hope in life at that point the, the only hope I had was in that next drunk that I would get from my alcohol, hanging out with my friends and partying. And so that, that was, uh, I believe that was the, the point where I, I really started, uh, realizing just how empty life is without God. And I, uh, I remember there, there was times where I would, I would, uh, spend, spend my weekend partying with my friends and I'd go to my, my, girlfriend at that at that time my wife now 
I would go to her house and spend Sunday with her, and I'd be completely drunk. And wouldn't even get home the next morning. I'd be laying in my bed and just start thinking about the weekend and realizing that I had just wasted a whole weekend of where I could have been spending time with my beautiful girlfriend and, uh, you know, just spending time with her. And now I had wasted it on being drunk and I would just begin to cry and realizing that I was so alone, so depressed. And I would just, I'd just be crying and I'd just be like, God, what am I going to do? This is the only life I knew. And so I just, I believe that God was hearing me in those moments uh, of crying out to him right. when I was, uh, when I was feeling so alone. What was the, what was, why, why did, why alcohol and why was the pool there? Just friends or? I believe I was seeking for something and, uh, I thought I could find it in alcohol, even though that's a dead end road. Right. I, I, I thought that I could find what I was looking for, that, that peace, that little bit of getting away from, from everything in my life. I thought I could get away from it for just a little while in the alcohol. And, Okay, and going back to, um, to how you know you had this this fear of God, you did you know, and then um, somewhat of a walk with God in your you know your early teenage years. Did you think you could find salvation within the Amish church in the Amish community? Did you think you could be saved and live right? Was there deliverance to be found there? You just weren't seeking it, or absolutely, I thought that I, I thought that I could find salvation. Um, within the Amish community, and uh, I thought that if I would, if I was to, uh, you know, live live within the standards of the church, and uh, follow what my forefathers had taught me, that I would be able to uh, find salvation uh, within that. Hopefully, God would allow me into heaven by being a good Amish boy. So yes, that was uh, from 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 about the time that I was ten until. About fifteen, I, I I did think that, and uh, but when I got on when I was fifteen and I started drinking, that all went out the window. I didn't even care anymore wow. about about the Amish, the, the the way Amish lifestyle or their religion. I th I, th I think at that mo at that point, I uh, I realized that after reading the Bible throughout my uh, te younger teenage years, I think I realized at that point that there was more to God than what they were teaching me. And I wasn't finding the connection between what they were teaching me and what I was reading in the Bible. There was a disconnection there, and I think that's what really drove me to to the drinking. Uh, I mean, that's a pretty poor excuse for drinking, but but I, I do think that's what it was. Okay. like So you, you couldn't find deliverance, you know, and, and, and so you turned to something else, you know? Absolutely. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Wow. Wow, and then and then so that was your that was your early teenage years up to your you know about fifteen or sixteen. You said what about when you were about seventeen, eighteen? Is anything with God happened there, or was it just kind of a big same 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 as you had just described? When I was seventeen, um, it, it was in I believe it was in February the year the year that I was seventeen in February. I uh, I was at my friend's house, and I believe it was on a Wednesday evening. We were. Um, we were sitting around. He had some homemade wine, uh, something that they had concocted themselves, and it was uh, it was a very it was very sweet. It was very mild. Like I didn't even realize it had a kick to it 
a big kick to it. And, uh, we started drinking and we, we sat there and we, t- we drank and talked for probably two hours. And, uh, and then I went outside. I was going to go home. I was going to hitch up my horse and, uh, go out the driveway, go home. And, uh, so the last thing I remember was sitting in my buggy in his, in his, in his yard. I'm sitting in my buggy. That was the last thing I remembered. The next thing I remember is I'm, I'm, my horse is standing exactly where I always unhitched him. And my sister's standing beside my buggy and calling my name. And I just, I, I was, the next morning I woke up and I was just like, God, how did that happen? This horse that I was driving, he always took corners. So if I was, uh, if there was a deep ditch on a corner, which there were several on the way home, he always took those corners, and there was a good chance that he could have hit any of those ditches, the telephone poles. There were so many things that he could have hit on his way home. It was about a ten-mile drive, and uh, he always took the sh- he always took his corners short. And so I believe the only way that I got home that night without hitting anything it could have been cars. It could have been anything that I could have hit, and nothing. I wake up and I'm, I'm my horse is standing exactly where I always unhitched him. So I at that moment I realized God gave me another chance here. And I think that that really woke me up and I decided, you know what? I'm going to start I'm going to start straightening up. I'm going to start shaping up my life. And uh so I I tried to and uh it didn't work really well for me at first. I was still drinking, still uh still partying, but uh my my wife me and my wife ended up getting married that summer. And at that point, I was like, well, now I'm the, I'm the spiritual leader of my house here. I need to start reading the Bible. I need to start paying attention to the spiritual side of things. And so I started reading the Bible, trying to read the Bible. And I was just, it just didn't make sense to me. And so I lost interest. I tried to read it and, and I just, I'd lose interest. So, but that was definitely a turning point for me. Wow. So you got married when you were 17? I was 17 years old just before I I was about um, three months shy of being 18. Me and my wife got married. Okay. Wow. Wow. God had his hand on you during that. Wow. That's incredible. We're going to go to a break here and then uh, hopefully you'll stick with us through the rest of this. This is this is awesome testimony of what God has done in Brother Alvin's life. Just stay with us.
I've been washed in the blood, sanctified by the Spirit, brother. I believe in holiness, and I suggest that you to do the same. I was set free at a Pentecostal altar on my knees. Will you pardon me if I'm not ashamed? To be a one God, apostolic, tongue-talking, holy, rolling, born-again, heaven-bound, believer in the liberating power of Jesus' name. I never testify at school. People will say that I'm not cool. And one day I had enough of that evolution stuff. So I stood right up and I said, God's word is true. My teacher did not know what to do. It seemed like he was shaking in his shoes. Though he knew I meant no harm, he took me by the arm and said, Son, what religion are you? I'm in one God, apostolic, tongue-talking, holy, rolling, born-again, heaven-bound, believer in the liberating power of Jesus' name. I've been washed in the blood, sanctified by the Spirit, sir. I believe in holiness, and I suggest that you to do the same. I was set free at a Pentecostal altar on my knees. Would you pardon me if I'm not ashamed? To be a one God, half a dollar, comes out in holy road and born again, heaven bound, believer in the liberating power of Jesus' name. Now on the job, I never say a word. I figure they all know I go to church. But when my boss man called me in for a tonic and some gin, I began to think, perhaps he hasn't heard. So I said, no, sir, I am not the drinking kind. Excepting for a thing they call new wine. Woo! As he lost his cigar smoke, it seemed like he would choke. I proceeded to explain it one more time. I'm at one God, I'm stomach tongue talking, holy rolling, born again, heaven bound, believer in the liberating power of Jesus' name. I've been washed in the blood, sanctified by the Spirit, brother, I believe in holiness, and I suggest that you do the same. I was set free out of Pentecostal all on the knees, would you pardon me if I'm not ashamed? To be a one God, apostolic, tongue talking, holy rolling, born again, heaven bound, believer in the liberating power of Jesus' name. Now I can sing until I'm out of breath. From playing this harmonica to death, I could use up all my brains till nothing much remains. But there's one thing I'm praying I don't forget. Cause last night at that Walmart where I shop, a preacher in a pickup truck yelled, Stop! Right there and tell me straight, are you still saved and in the truth? Well, I shouted back across that parking lot, I'm still a one God. I'm stuck, tongue talking, holy road, born again, heaven bound, believer in the liberating power of Jesus' name. I've been washed in the blood, sanctified by the Spirit, brother, I believe in holiness, and I suggest you do the same. I was set free out of Pentecostal water on the knees, but pardon me if I'm not ashamed to be a one God. Apostolic, tongue-talking, holy, rolling, born-again, heaven-bound believer in the liberating power of Jesus. Well, good evening, everyone. This is the Tell Like It Is radio broadcast here tonight with special guest brother Alvin Hosteller. He's from the we're from the New Life Pentecostal Church right here in Dickinson. If you have any questions or comments for Brother Alvin during the show tonight, he is giving his testimony of what God has done for him, what God has brought him out of. Give us a call in studio. Our number is 701-225-5133. Or you can text Pastor Simons tonight, uh, 701-290-7862. Or if you have any other questions or comments. And me and Brother Alvin, we're not giving out our uh, text numbers, but you could text us if you have them. Just let us know you're listening. We like that. But uh, let's get back into it, Brother Alvin. Um, 
you know, we just talked about your, you know, God dealing with you when you were five. You know, he, uh, you know, you, 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 you and your, your cousin had your first experience thinking about heaven and the real things of God. And, and then when you were 10, you, you, you found out, you know, you had a kind of a revelation maybe that, you know, hell is absolutely real. And, you know, you're going there if you don't get right with God. And then your, your early teenage years, you know, reading your Bible in an Amish home. Uh, you know, uh, the struggles there. And then when you, your later teenage years, you, you did have struggles with alcohol. Definitely you're bound by that for sure. You know, um, and, and that had to take control of your life. And, uh, and then, uh, a great, um, when you were 17, you're describing how God really kept his hand on you one night when you were drunk. Right. Absolutely. And, uh, yes. And we serve a good God. Amen. Amen. Absolutely. And, uh, and so from that point, you were 17, you said you had just got married. Um, you had a, a child, is that right? You said, and, and or no, you were just married, and you had a you had to become the spiritual leader of your home. Could you describe maybe um, what that meant? You thought at the time being a spiritual leader. To me, that meant uh, I needed to uh, definitely stop drinking. I need to uh, start uh, dressing and acting like a good Amish man should. I needed to. Uh, I should read my Bible, or a portion of my Bible, on a Sunday morning, and uh, make sure I, make sure I'm in church every every other week, because we had we had church twice a month every other week, and uh, that came around quite often. It seemed like when I was Amish, so it seemed like the two weeks came came by very quickly. But that was definitely. I, I thought that's what I needed to do as the spiritual leader of my home, and so okay. I, I began to I began to read my Bible again after after my spiritual downfall of uh, my later teens, and uh, so I began to read my Bible again, and it was it wasn't that I didn't want to serve God. I just could not figure out the scriptures at the time. It just it just did not make sense with me. It was not lining up with what I had been taught at that point in my life. So I I tried to push it off as much as I could and uh try to try to just not think about it. And uh later that year we ha- we had a we had our first baby and uh that really touched me and uh so I began I began to work in my dad's shop later that year and so i was i was able to spend more time with my dad and uh that definitely brought around more uh spiritual questions for me at that point right and uh and those questions kind of led to your uh your amish demise right is that it did yes um my my brother and i my brother jake who is now a pastor apostolic pastor in washington pennsylvania is listening in tonight he uh, he was he was uh working at my dad's shop at the same time and he had been reading his bible as well cuz they had got married that summer as well and so he he had been reading his bible and uh he he had come to some revelations that he was trying to uh persuade me of and uh i i just wasn't having it i I was like, I'm Amish. This is this is what we do. We're not uh, we're not changing anything here. We need to be following our. And that's that that thinking is pretty prevalent in the Amish. Right? It is. The, yes, you need to you need to follow your elders. You need to, to, do, to you need to do what your parents obey your parents, which the Bible does say that children should obey their parents and uh, follow the follow your forefathers because they they paved a way and we should follow after that, or that's that's what they taught us. 
And so Jake was was questioning all that with the Bible, and you weren't you weren't he, going for it. That's right. Jake was questioning all of that. He uh, he was definitely stirring up the pot, and uh, I just I just was not on board with it. And so that uh, that brought me around to where I, I I thought you know if I if I start reading my Bible more, I would I might be able to uh, defend myself when when he talks to me. I might be able to persuade him otherwise. And so I started reading my Bible really to try to to try to prove him wrong on on his thinking, and uh, that failed miserably. I uh, I started reading my Bible to to learn things and come to realize there's many things that i had missed before and that just it, it was not connecting whatsoever what was maybe what was something um that was a you know an argument jake used say you know what we're doing isn't right could you give a, a specific example that you found in the bible that was contradictory maybe to the amish there was many things that he talked about and i can't i can't talk about all of them uh there's there's many things that uh that were uh things that I can't remember and uh but there was one thing there was one thing that he did point out to me was that uh th- their their way of baptism and he didn't understand it all at that point either but their their way of baptism was not he did not believe was was correct he did not think that they were doing it right and so that was one of his one of his uh arguments and uh we didn't understand it all at that time yeah, but we, uh, he definitely stirred up the pot to where there was a lot of, uh, a lot of the elders that came and would talk, talk with him and talk with me. And it was, it was a really hard time in our life where we, we had been raised to respect our elders all our life. And now we were having to disobey them. And so it was not, it was in no way an easy thing. It was not, it was definitely not a fun, fun time in our life. It was, um, it was really hard. It, it would uh it really challenged our faith and uh, i know i would uh i would be working in my dad's shop and the the elders my dad would talk with me and persuade me one way i'd go home that night and i'd read my bible and i'd be persuaded another way and so it was a, it was a really hard time in my life a very dark time in my life where i was trying to seek god without disobeying my elders because that is, it was never my intent. It was never my my desire to disobey them or hurt them in any way. But uh, it did it did hurt them when we did leave. Right, and then okay, so now you're in in. Let's jump ahead just a little bit for time here. Uh, you're in North Dakota. How like if you could quickly? How did you get from Amish living in Western Pennsylvania and then you know studying the Word of God, seeing contradictions from what you were raised um, to now you're in Western North Dakota. Okay, so we we left the Amish church and uh, started going to a Mennonite church in that area for for about three months. And then uh, my wife's uncle, Dave Shetler, lives here in Dickinson, he called us, and he was needing some help on his construction crew. And so that was the that was the opportunity we were looking for. Let's get out of here. We want to go to you know go to north dakota it's new ground it's new territory we can start over there so we we came to we came to dickinson north dakota and uh that was my that was my first uh that was my first look at uh an apostolic way of life was through through him right and your your uncle was going to the new life pentecostal church at that time that's right yes and you and he invited you when you first came out or how did that that work he, 
He did, yes. We were, uh, we came out, we were living in his house because we, we were looking for, uh, a place to rent and for all of you here in Dickinson, uh, can understand how difficult that can be at times to find a house to rent. In the middle and, of the boom. Uh, in the middle of the boom. And so we were living in his house for, for the first several weeks we were out here. And, uh, so he, he was going to the New Life Pentecostal Church here in Dickinson and, uh, he, uh, Basically told us, yeah, you guys are coming to church with me today. And, uh, he's, uh, he's very good at that. <laughs> so, uh, so we went with him to church that day and, uh, it was crazy. And, uh, I think like many, many, many people say that the first time they come to an apostolic church, it's, uh, it's a crazy experience for sure. It's, it's a far stretch from growing up in an orderly Amish church to, to a place where it's okay to smile and clap and, and be happy in a in a church setting where you can uh sing loudly and and clap your hands and and uh be joyful and so we we went to church with him and were blown away by it and so the next Sunday we said you know what we're going to go to a traditional Anabaptist church out in Montana so we went to that church and uh you know it was quiet it was orderly but there was something missing i was i was missing something it just it wasn't i was not feeling like it was there right if that makes sense i just yeah. i just wasn't feeling it so uh, on our way back home i told my brother jake i said you know i think i'm going back to that pentecostal church in dickinson next weekend and so that's what we did we went back to that pentecostal church I- here in dickinson the new life pentecostal church and uh <clears throat> god really touched us that day really okay i mean was uh you know so that that second so the first time you came you felt something and then you didn't you didn't come back because you you liked the more traditional. And then then you came back again and you and you felt God again. And is that can you say is that where God uh, really started to work in your heart? You know, work in your life. And I, I think it was uh, I think it was the first time that I was there that He was already dealing with me because by the time I went to that when I went to that uh, tri- more traditional uh, church the next Sunday, I, it was already over. I, I couldn't. I couldn't take it. This was not. It was not what I was uh, wanting or looking for. Right. I was. Uh, it, there was something missing. So yeah, that next Sunday went to church at the New Life Pentecostal Church here, and uh, I remember Pastor Simons said something about uh, speaking in tongues in the Book of Acts, and uh, it was to me it was quite amazing because I had seen that in the Book of Acts when I was still Amish. I had I had noticed that. I had brought it up to the elders. And uh, they had said, "Well, that that was for them. It's not for us. That was uh, that was used as a uh, as a way to spread the gospels back in back when the early church started." So when he when he mentioned it, it immediately caught my attention. And after the service, I walked up to him and I said, "So, have you ever spoken in tongues?" Not realizing that you know asking a Pentecostal preacher that question, and he said, "Yes, I have many times actually." And so I was like, "Wow, this is amazing!" <laughs> and so I said, "Well, can we can we do a Bible study on this?" And he said, "Absolutely." And so we 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 sat down, had a Bible study with him, and uh, actually many people in the church we had Bible studies with them, and were very helpful in our walk with God. That is that is awesome. Yeah, we were we were talking about that before the show, and that was there was so many people, the Dickies we can mention for sure. And I remember, Absolutely. I remember, and that was when I first came to North Dakota as well. You know. 
Uh, I remember having Bible studies with you and Jake and uh, your families and the Dickies, and, and that was that was always fun. It was so funny. I, I think of you now, Brother Alvin, he knows the Word of God. If anybody knows Brother Alvin, he knows the Word of God. He really does. And I remember we had topical word word studies on how, you know, like the word awesome in the Bible, you know, and it's just God's brought you so far scripturally, right. you know, it's it's neat to see. But, I mean, it's, it's just powerful. But where, um, you know, we're talking about this, you know, this tongues thing, you know, God, and we believe that's the infilling of the Holy Ghost, how you know you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, you'll speak with other tongues as they did on the day of Pentecost. Uh, where was that for you? When did that happen? Um, you know, another foundational thing we believe in the baptism of Jesus name for the remission of sins. Where was that for you, brother Alvin? All right. I, I was baptized about a month and a half after I started coming to church. I, uh, I real, I, I realized the, the need to be baptized in Jesus name. Uh, my, my uncle or my wife's uncle, Dave, my uncle, he, uh, him and his whole family were baptized one Sunday, and uh, we went back to his house afterwards, and he, we, we just started talking, and he looked at me, like he's so good at doing, he just, he just looked at me, and he said, Alvin, if you die tonight, are you saved? And I just stopped, and I said, no, I'm not, actually. He says, well, what are you going to do about it? He said, you need to call Pastor Simons right now. And talk to him. So I did. I, I called Pastor Simons and I, I said, well, Pastor Simons, I need to be baptized. He says, okay, well, why don't we meet up for breakfast tomorrow morning and talk about it? And so we did. And uh, that Wednesday night, I, I got baptized in the wonderful name of Jesus Man. in that baptismal tank downstairs in our church and uh, had my sins washed away that day. And I believe it was about two weeks later, my wife and my brother... Jake and Anna all got baptized on the same day, and uh, uh, my wife got actually got the Holy Ghost that September at a uh, couples retreat up at our campgrounds up in uh, Buffalo Lake, and uh, but I didn't receive the Holy Ghost that night, and I was very depressed about it, and uh, but everybody was trying to comfort me and says just just keep keep praying, keep seeking after God, and it's a promise. In Acts chapter 2, verse 39, the Bible says, The promise is unto you, it's unto uh, your children, and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. So the, the promise is for us. And uh, I realized that, but I was still, I was, I was a little down about it. I wanted the Holy Ghost. And, uh, but I didn't receive the Holy Ghost that, that night. And uh, I kept seeking after God. And Brother Deeds, Pastor Deeds, back in Michigan, was uh, was preaching a revival service here in Dickinson, North Dakota, back in January of 2011, and uh, there there was mighty many mighty miracles that were performed in the name of Jesus that week, and uh, many people got healed that had physical needs, and they were healed that that week. And uh, I remember the one night. I don't. Need, I don't know if it was the last night or the, the the second to last night. He he said, "Is there anyone here that needs the Holy Ghost?" And uh, I said, "I do." I raised my hand. And I said, "I do." And uh, he says, "Well, why don't you come up front here?" And my my uncle Dave he he walked me. He marched me up to the front of the church, and he uh, he laid his hands on me. Brother Deeds came over, and he said, "Now, when I lay my hands on you, uh, he said, I don't want you to hold nothing back. Just just begin to worship God." And just just let God do whatever He wants with you, 
and uh, working in your life. And uh, so he laid his hands on me, started praying for me, and probably 10 seconds into praying and worship, and I was speaking in tongues as the Spirit wow. gave the utterance. And I was just, I was amazed how when 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 God is ready, when you're ready, how easy it was to actually receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. It wasn't something that you had to conjure up in any way, right. shape, or form. Right. It's something that just... It it it's an it, it was a natural thing almost it seemed like it, it was so beautiful and and later later that night I uh, I just couldn't stop smiling I was so happy I'm like this is this is amazing this is awesome I've I've got the Holy Ghost and uh, I was like I've arrived <laughs> but I uh, found out later that you know this is not the end of the road yet we're we're still here we're still living on Earth we need to need to keep uh, seeking after God serving God it doesn't doesn't end when we receive the baptism of the holy ghost the first time right that's right right after that scripture acts 239 you know so they continued steadfastly in the apostles doctrine that's right that's Absolutely. right they kept going in it you know it wasn't just that but that's that's so exciting brother Alvin. that is so so awesome to hear it really is it really is what um we got a few minutes here i don't think we'll take another break until the end you know just but what what is um you know, you continued on in that. What is life like now? If you could describe that for us, like what you do now, and sure, absolutely. I, uh, I've got, uh, I've got my wife, and I've got four beautiful kids. Five, another one on the way, and uh, you know, life is great. I mean, I, I'm not going to say that it's always a bed of roses, but there is joy in the Holy Ghost. And when you have the Holy Ghost, you don't have to, you don't have to go through life sad or depressed. I, you know, even though there's, there's times where things do happen in my life, I'm happy, I'm joyful, and it's, it, there's a peace, there's a, there's a joy that comes with serving God. And, uh, you know, there's, there's some that may say that, that you're bound, you're, you're, you're a slave by, by living a good Christian life. But I would, I would say, I would say to those that say that, you're a slave if you live for God or the devil. You're either enslaved by alcoholism, drugs, you know, pornography, whatever it is, you're going to be enslaved to that, or you can be a slave to Jesus, as the Bible says. And you know, it's not it's not a hard thing to be a slave for Jesus. Jesus said, "Take my yoke upon you, for my take my my burdens are put your burdens upon me, for my my yoke is is light." My, so so it's it's not hard to live for Jesus. It's not if you if you live for Jesus hard, it, it's it's not a hard thing. If you if you put everything into it, it's easy to live for Jesus. Where if you put everything into to living for the devil, it's a hard it's a hard road that ends miserably. Right, that's what I've heard. If you live for for uh, Jesus hard, it's easy. If you live for him easy, it's it's hard. That's what I was trying to say. <laughs> All right, yeah, yeah. That's that's that is awesome. Do you have? Um, you know, like you, know, you just, you know, what all you said was phenomenal right there. Do you have any specific words for people coming maybe out of a tradition like yourself or, you know, uh, we are in, in Western North Dakota surrounded by tradition um, or, or coming out of drugs or alcoholism or, you know, um, anything like that? Do you have any words, scriptural or, or, or wisdom? or? Well, I would say uh, let me address the, the tradition one first. Um, I, think, I think for those that maybe – coming out of a traditional um, background, I think there's a tendency to go too far. 
uh, you you want to completely eradicate, completely put away with tradition. And tradition in itself is not a bad thing. Tradition, uh, I believe, is a good thing. But make sure that the, the traditions that you're holding on to are lining up with scriptures. And so, you know, if especially if you're going to make it a uh, doctrinal thing where where you're going to be teaching your kids this that uh, if they don't do that that there's a possibility that they could not make heaven their home it, so if you're going to do that make sure that uh, it's that your traditions are uh, scriptural based so i think there's a tendency for those that are coming out of a traditional setting to go too far to where they just want to completely put away with that and my warning is don't do that just find a good church um I would like you to come to the New Life Pentecostal Church because I believe it's a good church that teaches truth. And uh, find a good church that you can uh, hold on, grasp on to, that does still teach um, good traditions that are uh, based upon biblical standards. So uh, I'll address that. Now I'll address the uh, the, the alcohol and drugs. Um, that's, a, that's a hard thing. I know... It can be hard to to give up those things, but I believe with the help of the Holy Ghost, you can do it. You know, I was I was addicted to to uh, tobacco for for many years, and uh, but when I when I received the Holy Ghost, I uh, it you know I was able to stop cold turkey. I was able to uh, completely walk away from it with cold turkey, and. Uh, I know sometimes that can be a hard thing for people to to stop cold turkey, but um, I would say if you are addicted to alcohol or drugs, um, I would point you towards our ACTS program in the New Life Pentecostal Church uh, every Wednesday evening. I I believe it starts at 5, 5.30, something like that. Um, But... I believe it's a good program to start. If you're if you're stuck in that, if you're if you're bound by alcohol or drugs, um, start with that. Find 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 a good church that you can go to, uh, a good program that you can latch onto, and uh, start making the right decisions in your life. Because when you when you started when you started taking drugs or alcohol, you started on a road. You, you started on a direction that maybe you didn't notice was bad at first. But the farther you went into it, the farther you realize how much of a difference, how how big of a difference it makes. Five years down the road, all of a sudden, your friend that was uh, with you five years ago, all of a sudden, he's he's got a good wife, he's got beautiful kids, he's got a good walk with God, and you're you're sitting in jail somewhere, you're 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 stuck in a rut somewhere. Um, in alcohol or drugs and so the decision that you make today is going to make all the difference so i would say starting right now find a good church that you can latch on to find a good program that you can latch on to and start making the right decisions today praise god that's that is awesome brother alvin it's good preaching <laughs> and what brother alvin just real quick here we just have a few more minutes do you have a favorite scripture you'd like to share with us there's there's several but I think the the foundation for me would be uh, Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33 where it says seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things w- will be added unto you. So if we f- if we seek after God, if we seek after the things of God first, we don't need to worry about anything else. And I'm talking about 
Uh, I'm talking about a standpoint of of uh, spiritual and physical. So, you know, you can, uh, like I was saying, I am I'm happy. I, I have joy uh, in my life from living for God. And you know, I've got I've got beautiful kids, though they may be a little crazy, like me. But uh, you know, it's a good life living for God. And I believe that by by first making that the priority of my life to seek after God first that that sets the precedence for everything else within my life it it changes it changes everything about my day if that makes sense I, it yeah. changes when i wake up in the morning it changes the whole outlook of the rest of my day wow wow that is awesome that is awesome that's just being right with god absolutely that's, that's incredible but that one i'm going to ask you to pray here in just a minute i'm going to give out some information um, this is the Tell Like It Is radio broadcast. We're on every Sunday night from 8.06 to 9.06 Mountain Time. We are from the New Life Pentecostal Church right here in Dickinson, North Dakota. Again, the New Life Pentecostal Church right here in Dickinson. We're located at 105 7th Avenue West. If you need a ride to church uh, or if you just want to get a hold of us, if you need somebody, you can call the church, 701-264-7862, or you can email us, robertsimons58 at gmail.com. Our next service is going to be Wednesday evening at 7.30 p.m. You are invited if you need a ride, 701-264-7862. Sunday school on Sunday mornings, 10 o'clock. We have adult and children's Sunday schools. Worship on Sunday morning is at 11 o'clock a.m. You are invited. Again, if you want to get involved with the broadcast, any more questions or comments, call us 701-225-5133 or, or uh, you can text Pastor Simon 701-290-7862. But Brother Alvin, if you would lead us in prayer tonight. All right, Brother Seth, if I could first, um, we, me and my brother Joe, um, we've started an outreach out in Beach, North Dakota. And uh, for all of our listeners out there, if you if you live out in that area or if you know of anyone in that area that needs to find a good apostolic truth preaching church if you would send them my way um you can reach my brother who is uh leading that out there you can you can reach him at 701-260-7347 again that is 701-260-7347 and if you need if you need anything if you need a ride if you need uh if you need help uh getting to church just just give him a call and we'll make sure you can get there and we would love to have we would love to have you guys come whoever may be out there in that direction so with that i'm going to go into prayer and uh Seth will be wrapping things up lord jesus as we're leaving here tonight i pray god that you would touch each and every listener on the radio show tonight I pray, God, that you would touch them, Lord, that they would take this information that they've heard tonight and, uh, Lord, to use it to seek after you, find somehow find a way that they can seek after you and to, Lord, help them to find a good church, Lord. Lord, if they're praying right now, Lord, help them to, uh, to find what they've been looking for. And I just pray, God, that you would touch each and every one of us in Jesus' name. Thank you, Brother Alvin. It's your pleasure to have you tonight. Well, Brother Pastor Simons will be back next Sunday night right here eight, eight, uh, at 8.06. Good night. You are my joy in the midnight. You speak the word. I feel a call. I know.
Have you always wanted to have a program on the radio? If you can talk on the phone, you can have your very own program on Holy Ghost Radio 2. You can produce your program or we can help you produce it. For more information, tap on the ad panel on our app or contact us through our website, www.holyghostradio.com. The preceding program was brought to you by an independent producer. The opinions expressed on the program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, or ownership of Holy Ghost Radio.